out those feelings of not adoring, not even liking your brand new baby. My mom would ask me, isn't this the best thing that has ever happened to you? And don't you give him a thousand kisses a day? And, and I just was like, no, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Amber got diagnosed. She was going through postpartum depression and anxiety, like millions of mothers do. Oh, that's why I didn't enjoy this. That's why this was a terrible experience and why I was thinking and feeling things that I never, that I didn't think mothers were supposed to feel. Like anger, jealousy, depression, disappointment, fear. But these are all normal feelings. Amber started when her son's birth didn't go as she'd planned. He was born, he was crying, and he had a lot of hair, and he was four pounds and four ounces, which I guess is a big preemie. I know that now, but at the time I was like, I, I, I mean, no, <laughs> like babies are like six pounds and higher, right? Uh, but he was beautiful and I got to hold him for a minute before they took him away. Um, that's the hardest part for me. Um, they um, had to take him. He, They didn't know if he could breathe on his own. So they took him away and my nurse stayed with me. Um, Mark asked if, if I wanted him to stay or go with my son and I didn't want him to be alone. So I sent him with our son. I had a nurse who was great, but it was just us. Um, so they like stitched me up and you know, you have to go to the bathroom and kind of get settled and then they, they bring you back to your room. I went back to my room. My nurse set me up to pump for the first time so that I could establish a breast milk supply. You know, I, I couldn't take him home. I couldn't care for him myself. The one thing that, that you could do was pump. Go to your room, pump, get that going, rest. But, you know, alone. Um, not with your baby next to you like you think it's going to be. I remember waiting for my prescription for my breast pump to be filled before I left the hospital. You know, we were like, okay, great, we'll pass some time while this prescription is getting filled and we'll go like get a taco or something. And and there were all these pregnant women um, and I just delivered my baby, you know, nine weeks early. And I just, I don't know what made me think I was ready to just be out with people whose lives were normal and progressing. And I just saw these women with like these big bellies that I would never get to experience. And I was just like, I don't know, it was just a, a thousand things, like this isn't fair. Why isn't that me? What did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Even now, I see interactions between mothers and children who have had normal experiences and I wonder, is there some shortcoming that I still have with Thomas because of that? Or am I just being logical you know I know that he's my son he knows that I'm his mom um he loves me and I love him but I just can't uh, help but kind of be jealous of the people who kind of had the experience as it was supposed to be I held a plant on the way home <laughs> um I didn't hold baby <laughs> you know the first day I brought him home I um we were in bed and, you know, we were just kind of like, just kind of having a moment of realization. I was just alone with him and, and I apologized to him. I was like, I'm so sorry that you had to go through this. Um, but you're home now, you know, you're with us and um, you get to stay here and I'm not going to leave you and you don't have to be away um, from us anymore. 
I just remember kind of like holding him over my shoulder and he's very small and he was breathing on my neck. And I was thinking like, God, this is like what I signed up for. This is exactly what I want. I want to be holding him in my arms, in my room, in my home, but I'm not happy right now. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how long I can keep this up. I, I don't know if he needs me in this particular moment because for the first 27 days of his life, I left him someplace else. You know, I left him at the hospital and went home, um, you know, took care of the bills, ordered stuff off the baby registry that, you know, for the baby shower I couldn't attend, um, and fed myself, pumped again, and went to bed, and somebody else changed him and took his temperature and fed him, and he didn't need me. I know that we're kind of our, our own family with our own groove and comparison is stupid, but I don't know. There's just kind of this something I can't ever, um, I can't ever change it. I can't ever make it better. And, um, all of the good intentions I had just won't make up for the fact that, that I failed him somehow, that my body just couldn't do it. And I don't know why, and I'll never know why. And, um, I, you know, I'm his mom. I'm supposed to be the one who like does right by him and I couldn't even do that you know I couldn't even give him the right kind of start to life the way that I would want it to be for him I don't know that there's one place that it comes from um I think you just kind of see around you that things appear to be so effortless. Like you get pregnant, you have a baby, then you kind of send this baby off to kindergarten and then they're this beautiful adult who has smarts and is kind and um, does good things and things like that. And I don't know that people talk about the reality. It's so cliche, but they don't always talk about it. And so when you're dealt this hardship, you're just like, uh, nobody told me that this was going to happen. Um, like, I just want to raise my hand and say, like, excuse me, like, can I get my money back for this? I don't know why. I don't know why I thought it would just go the way it wanted it to go, but it didn't. And that made me mad and jealous and angry and um, depressed <laughs> and anxious and scared and all of those things. It's not until you're kind of in the middle of it and you're just like, like this is the fifth time I've cried today and there's nothing I can do to change this. And I know I'm not to blame, but my brain just doesn't understand that. Um, I, I logically, I know that, but emotionally or hormonally or something, I just can't um, make my brain understand that, you know, or just I can't get uh, my whole self on that level of, if this isn't your fault and you're doing the best you can and your baby's healthy and fine and he's gonna be great. I still have feelings. I still have strong feelings, um, less strong than they were. It's just such, such basic feelings that are so intense, uh, angry, jealous, um, mad, whatever. But I feel like in hindsight, just knowing that mental illness was at play there, it was like, okay, that makes sense now. But I still, yeah, I still get kind of worked up about it because I don't know, it was a loss. It was 
grieving and anger and disappointment and things over something that I just kind of felt like I was owed as a as a woman like as a mother of just having a healthy baby because I took care of myself and did all I could to kind of guarantee a safe entry for him and it just didn't come out that way. Don't Tell Stories was born in a dark room with a crying baby. We search for stories that admit the secret and horrible parts of parenting, and we share them so all of us who've been there know we're not alone. Tell us what you think. Tell us your story. Don't tell stories at gmail.com. That's with two H's and don't with no apostrophe. Don't tell is created by Middling Grace Productions with special partner Baby Blues Connection. Many thanks to Jenny Conley of the Decemberists for our theme music and to cellist Colin Oldham for his wonderful music creation and scoring. Don't let parenting kill you. Talk and listen. Listen.